Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Fitness Business Blueprint Podcast with Justin Devonshire, and this is part two of a three-part mega episode I have for you, outlining some of our major steps in business, some of the the failures and some of the uh, the successes that we've had on the way from launching three and a half years ago, scaling up to ten locations this January in coming in 2022. Now. Really important notification as well, guys, is check out below this audio. There's a link. I'm opening spots on my final ever mentorship one-to-one. At the end of this year, guys, I'm retiring from mentoring public uh, fit pros outside our company. I'm going to be only working with our own gym managers and our franchisees as we'll be scaling from 10 to 100 locations over the next few years. So I'm going to have to be stepping away from from helping all you guys. And so this is the last intake I'm going to do. If you want my one-to-one help, if you want to see inside exactly how we're scaling to multiple locations and uh, how we've done that through the pandemic, and if you want my one-to-one help, if you want me in your corner, now is the last chance Uh, I've created an amazing three-month one-to-one program where you and I can work together, and I've done it at a ridiculously low price because it's really, it's not about the money for me at this point. Our businesses, our gyms generate my income, so this is more of my passion project, but I've made it super affordable. I've given six and 12-month payment plans, finance plans for you to split the payments up to make it super affordable. So check out the link below this audio and do it fast because enrollment ends this October. Enjoy the show, and I'll see you soon. Lesson number four, okay? Now, lesson number four is you need, at this point now, if you've got two locations, you know, you've got one successful location, you've opened a second one, you're pulling yourself out with the technical work. At this point, you're going to start thinking about starting to scale. This is where your mindset really needs to change, and you can't uh, run before you can walk here. Okay, a lot of fit pros at this point, they this is a big fall off point for a lot of fit pros. They they get one location going, they think it's working just because they have a good Facebook ad, and they rush into a second or third location based only on the fact that they have a good Facebook ad that's working this month, right? And there's no fundamentals in place, right? So make sure you don't fall off the the, the first pitfall that destroys a lot of gym potential here. Lesson four at this point is you need to create, if you're planning on scaling things up, which you should be, you need to to know you have a, a working prototype model, Okay, you need to be able to have like a validated business model that you can basically prove to yourself and say, right, this is good enough. We can scale this. Now, no one can officially quantify what a successful validated proof of concept is. But in my opinion, the the metrics I've always used is this. Uh, And this was our focus at this point with James. I started pulling, we pulled James out of the operational stuff at location two. Uh, as we were working to get location three set up because our goal at this point wasn't to have 100 locations or a franchise or anything like that. Our only focus at this point was to achieve the working prototype. And the working prototype business model, in my eyes, is three locations that um, 
none of which require you for technical work, as I mentioned before, and they are all self-sustaining and profitable. Okay, again, so in my mind, if you want to validate your business model, it doesn't mean you've got a winning Facebook ad or you've got one successful location, right? I see a lot of guys uh, try and mentor fit pros, um, people who've built one gym, they've got one working gym and they try and mentor other fit pros and it, it doesn't usually go well for the fit pros they mentor because they've not got enough experience, right? Having one gym does not really make you a successful business owner because I'm like, I always think, well, if that one gym is so successful, why haven't you scaled it to multiple gyms, right? So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think about that. So I think you've got to have three locations because three shows, it's definitely not a fluke. They need to all work without your technical input, which means you can't be the one generating leads, you can't be the one closing sales, and you can't be the one coaching the sessions, basically, right? You can be there, you, you know, you can be there for management, training the team, saying hello to customers, all that kind of stuff. Um, but but the leads, sales, and fulfillment, they're job roles. They can't depend on you. You need to be a manager now, a manager and a leader, okay? So, uh, and, and all these three locations should be independently working and all profitable, which means they're self-sustaining. Uh, not Doesn't mean you have one gym that's absolutely bombing and it's in debt and the other two gyms are constantly paying it to bail it out every month. That's not what that means, right? That's a sinking ship. All three locations need to be independently working, have their own profits, and none of them require you to be there day to day, okay? That's lesson number four. Set up the working prototype. Validate your proof of concept by doing that, getting to that level first. That was our goal. Uh, going into 2019, that was our only goal, right? Three working locations um, to do that. Um, now, that, that kind of leads on to the next lesson, okay? Um, this is actually why there was a long time we, you know, we had, we had um, two to three locations for quite a while because people ask this kind of strange how, in 2017, we had two locations, or 2018, we had two locations, 2000 and most of 2019, we had two locations, and the third in the works, um, and then early 2020, we still had three locations. When we went into lockdown in, was it Mar February or March 2020, we still only had three locations, and in that time, from the lockdown of 2020 to now midway through 2021, we're now at seven to nine locations, seven locations open with two more on the way, right? Um, and people ask like, what was that rush? Like, how did that happen? Why did, we, why did we have just two locations for so long? And now we've opened up more, triple the number of locations in one year than we did in the first two and a half, three years. And this is why, because in 2018, 2019, our one goal was only to, to validate three working locations. We didn't want to scale beyond that. Our only goal was to have three locations building up. Um, that's why we had such a long kind of um, capitulation period, you could call that, right? This is like the accumulation period. We were accumulating money. We were dialing in systems, dialing in our people systems so we could su uh, successfully 
get James fully out of technical work so that we could easily or more easily scale from three locations to 10 in the next couple of years. If we didn't get James out of technical work, we couldn't have gone three to 10. We'd, we'd now be opening the fourth one, right? <laughs> so we spent more time building deep foundations, resisting the urge to scale. We could have popped open four and five, but we didn't because it would have stretched us too thin financially and, uh, and technically. So we had to spend time to um, get, the, get the technical systems in place, start training up team members so that we'd be able... Uh, and, that, and that gestation period is a bit longer than most people like because when Facebook ads are coming in and things are growing, a lot of fit pros get too impatient and they just want to crack open more locations or they want to go, go out and get loans to open up more locations. And look, there's a place and a time to get a loan where I'm totally up for getting into debt. I've made trainings on that. However, you only want to apply debt to a proven business concept, a proven business model. And again, one gym isn't a proven business model, right? One successful Facebook ad campaign isn't a successful prototype gym model, right? But we wanted to know, right, we, we can get three locations all working independently, all without our technical input. So we've got a system to train people, recruit new people, replace people, the, the cogs can keep turning. Right, boom. Now we're ready to hit this, okay? So that was lesson number four, um, you not being the technical person. And this is the gestation period, the capitulation period, where we spent a good two years staying at two locations so we could learn to walk before we could run or sprint, if that makes sense. Um, drop me a comment, guys. If you're listening to this so far and you've got any value out of this or you have any other questions, let them know. Let me know in the comments below. This takes me to lesson number five, okay? Lesson number five is closely linked to lesson four, but it's a little bit different. Lesson five is you need to have a minimum, a minimum six months operating cash reserve for every location you have at this point. So if you've got two locations or three or maybe one location, but it's very big, you need to have, before you plan on scaling, this is the next prep, the next uh, scaling prep lesson. You need to have a minimum six months operating cash reserve for each of those gyms. Okay, so this again is what we were doing in that two-year gestation period. We were resisting spending money because we were actually busy accumulating money. We were hoarding cash. We were building up our cash reserves, our foundation, because your business can only grow and scale as far as its foundations go deep, right? You can only build a skyscraper as tall as its foundations go deep into the ground. There has to be balance, a mirror there, okay? And most gyms fail because they try and scale without this foundation of cash flow. Now, another reason we took this, this time, it was actually perfect timing for us in 2018, 2019 is because I, I, I was um, aware from my studies and different mentors I was with that a lot of, a lot of analysts were predicting uh, a recession in the year 2020. We didn't understand how it was gonna happen. We didn't think it would be the way it was. They definitely, the recession did start in 2020 because of the COVID pandemic, 
But we we obviously didn't know that was going to happen. But that just accelerated the recession, um, you know, and made it worse essentially. But we did we were preparing for a recession of some sort in 2020. And if you guys were at our immersion events back in 2017, 2018, 2019, we were warning you of this. Myself, James, uh, one of my mentors, Yasin Dadabay, we were all there sitting, warning you about this, saying, the storm is coming, guys. 2020, it's going to go down somehow. We're in line for the, we're, we're predicting the next recession. So we didn't want to, we don't want to be scaling into that. If you know winter is coming, you want to stock up your fridge full of cash. So we we said, look, let's just let things play out. Let's just hoard cash, build, take this one or two years to build our cash reserves whilst we're also doing the systems and team recruiting. And then when the recession hits in 2020, that is when we will make our move to begin scaling. Because if you have six months cash reserve for all your gyms, you can go into a shopping spree, and I'll talk about that in a in a in a in a one of the follow-on tips. Okay, that's that's we'll talk more about that in the midst of a recession in just a bit. But we were preparing for the recession, so we had this two-year period of gestation where we were putting the systems in place, like I said in in, in lesson number four, and we were building cash specifically. Right. So when the lockdowns happen in 2020, this was the number one thing that really saved us and allowed us to come out 10 times stronger. It was we had reserve cash. Right. We, we had built enough cash. So when the lockdowns happened and, you know, we, we were closed for about eight months, we had at least we had at least 10 to 12 months of operating cash for each of our each of our locations at that point, which means we look at how much money it takes, it costs the business to run every month to pay off all our staff, to pay our rent, to pay our marketing, everything, right? And let's say, let's say that amount comes to £5,000 to run your gym. All costs, including paying yourself, that's a cost as well. Let's say it comes to five grand a month is your total costs at break even, and you only make profit beyond that. So if it's 5K, to save six months of that, six fives of 30, you would need to have 30,000 pounds in cash in your profit account um, that you could then close. So yeah, having the cash reserves, that's what really saved us through the last lockdown. We had all cash reserves. So when we closed for eight months between 2020 and into 2021, basically we had 10 to 12 months of cash free, which means if we had not taken any money whatsoever, then we still would have had the money there to cover all the costs, pay all our staff, pay our own salaries, even keep running Facebook ads for for almost a year per gym. And it would only have made a dent in our savings. So that was two years of preparatory planning of, of resisting the urge to quickly scale, which would have been too thin. Uh, and probably would have collapsed the entire business if we had done that too soon. We were patient, we thought long-term, collected up the cash reserves, as I advise all you guys to do the same thing. Um, and then we went into the storm, into the recession, which turned out to be 10 times worse than anyone could have guessed. You know, there's difference between a recession where fewer people are spending money and a recession where 
you cannot open your gym. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, um, yeah. Uh, don't need to say anything more about the pandemic there. So that was lesson num- number five, right? Um, build, if you're planning on scaling at this point, you've got to get cash reserves for at least six months. If you do not have cash reserves for six months, I would question your eagerness to scale things. Doesn't mean you can't, but if you haven't got that cash, you're 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 greatly increasing your risk uh, threshold, essentially. Okay, and you never know when another lockdown might happen, right? So, and this is why a lot of businesses close down. A lot of huge gyms close down. Uh, I can't remember which which gym chain it was. Was it Fitness First or LA Fitness? One of those guys. They they had to close. Uh, 70 of their locations. Oh, it was DW Fitness, wasn't it? Um, DW Sports. Yeah, they had to close 70 of their UK locations. And they came on record and on, on the news and they said the reason we had to close is because we didn't anticipate the lockdowns would go on so long and we didn't have more than three months of operating cash. This is DW Fitness, a gym chain of 70 UK locations. 20 years of work building those gyms back when they used to be JJB back in the day. I used to go to that gym 15 years ago. 20 years of build. Imagine that, guys. 20 years of building a company and then it's gone, liquidated in three months, in 90 days. Why? Because they didn't save any money. Where, where was all their profit going? I don't know. Maybe they were giving out massive bonuses to their executives. Maybe they were splashing out loads of money on private jets. Maybe they, they just used the money to invest in other assets. Maybe they maybe they reinvested the money into their other businesses, into their clothing store. I don't know. The fact is the money wasn't there. So 20 years of, of work essentially gone, liquidated in 90 days because they didn't save money. It's such a simple concept but most people unfortunately don't learn until it's too late. I hope, 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 hope you take this seriously and you start putting aside cash and don't try and sprint before you can even walk, okay? If you go out there and try and scale, when you try and scale in the marketplace, you're going into war. And if you go into war without cash, that's like going into a a battle uh, full of guns without any bullets or, or bulletproof vests. You can do it, but I wouldn't recommend it. That brings us to lesson number six. Okay, lesson number six, I'm not going to talk too much about. Um, Lesson number six is at this stage, if you've done the steps so far, you now have two to three locations, like we were were at two to three locations. Uh, None of our managers are involved in technical work, so neither me or James have to do technical stuff. Uh, the gyms run independently. They all have at least six months cash. Now we've validated our concept and now we started thinking bigger. Now we could actually sit back. Um, and this was pretty much in the middle of the lockdowns, really, um, when we thought, right, you know, we've got something here, right? We, we knew this was a good business model because of the fast growth. But now we've, we've, we've passed that milestone of validating the concept and 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 we're and we're recession proof, even with we're lockdown proof. 
you know, we had no qualms, and it was frustrating, of course, being in the lockdowns, but we weren't panicking because we knew we've got all that cash there. Like, we're just, it's just chipping away a dent in our cash reserves. It's fine. Um, you know, so we already started thinking about the future, and this is when we got really serious, and this is the lesson here, lesson number six. Dial, if you're at this point and you know you've got something, you've proven your concept, you've got cash to scale, to scale safely, then lesson six is you have to look at your VC, VC, vision, core values, and culture. This is all in module two of the FBB outline for you guys. So I'm not going to teach you too much because you know this already or you should know it. And if not, it's, it's there in the program. But this is where you've really got to start taking this seriously because, and this is where we things like our vision manifesto, you know, this is where you've got to start taking this bigger message of why you exist and what's your purpose as a company. You've got to take it seriously because at this point, if you're going to scale, what that means is you have to be able to not just attract customers, all right? Customers will come to your gym, uh, you know, because you give a great offer at a great price, but it's not just customers you have to attract now. If you want to scale, and you don't want to be a coach across 10 sessions, which I doubt you do, You have your company also has to attract talent. It has to attract coaches. It has to attract sales staff. It has to attract managers to want to work, to want to quit another company and work for you or choose not to work for themselves and work for you. That's not an easy ask, okay? You have to make your business, an irresistible offer to give to employees as well as staff. You also might want to attract investors. You also, when scaling, need to attract big, uh, high-leverage high joint venture partners, maybe banks like we have now, like banking partners or investment firms or celebrity influencers. You need to attract big you know, customers, talent, shareholders, uh, maybe politicians for for PR awareness. You need to uh, and, and and PR as well. Big media outlets. You're not. We're no longer trying to get featured in the Lancashire Post, right? We want to get featured on the BBC One show, and to do that, if we want that media attention, as we scale around the UK, if we want investment, if you know real investment, I mean like from you know big firms. If if you want franchisees to come and take a gym off your hands, if you want trainers to come and work for you, how do you attract them? You do it through your vision, core values, and culture. You have to have a culture, and this is what Google know better, all the Google and tech companies know this, they've created a culture where all the top programmers in the world dream of going to work for Google, because they'll get paid the best money with the best perks, with the most status in the best team culture, right? It doesn't just mean, you know, sitting in beanbag chairs and having latte machines and things like that, but it's, you've got you've to attract these team members and retain them. And they have to have career fulfillment with you. They have to feel appreciated every day. They have to feel like they work for a company that values them, that they're going somewhere, that it's exciting to be jumping on this rocket ship that's taking off. You have to do that. And they're not going to care that you have a nice six-week challenge. That's for the customers. But it's not for the shareholders 
and other people who are going to help you scale your company. So the vision, core values, and culture is like your, almost like your internal work. It's your internal advertising campaign. It's the campaign you'll share with trainers and show them that if they work for you, they're going to make a difference, not just as well as making a living. Investors need to see you've got big plans and you're tackling a real problem. Uh, if you want to get on the BBC One show, you've got to be able to show this is why our business is different. This is the message we have. This is what we want to do to change things in the UK or whatever country that you're in. Otherwise, they're not going to pay attention to you. Why would the BBC One national TV show feature, oh, this is a gym in Preston helping people in Preston? So what? How does that affect the wider UK audience? But suddenly, if you're a gym, if you're, if you're a movement, you're creating a movement that impacts the entire UK, then the big media platforms are more likely to listen to you. So lesson six, get your VC, VC dialed in. This is what you need to scale because this is what's going to attract um, partners, franchisees, investors, and, and uh, staff members to work for you. And if you can't attract them and show them why you're the best and most exciting place to work for, you will struggle to find investors, you will struggle to find good staff, uh, and you will struggle to find media exposure for your amazing movement, right? And there's no amount, no amount, no amounts of Facebook ads can fix that for you, right? So that's going to stall your scale if you don't get this dialed in. Again, that's all in module two. You've got all our templates, checklists, everything to create your own vision deck documents in there. Lesson seven then, guys. Let's start wrapping this up. So le less, lesson seven, at this point, guys, we're, we're, we're into 2020, the lockdowns have started, um, our third location was just about to open in March 2020, but right before the lockdowns began, so that got delayed, and um, at this point, though, going into a recession, this is where I really learned that this is the best time to grow. A lot of Fit Pros sat on their butts or didn't really take much action during the recession because they, they're taught to think that this is not a good time to grow. But actually, it's the best time. A recession, as they say, most empires are built from the bottom of recessions. The most wealth transfer happens during recessions. Remember, guys, money is an energy, and energy cannot be created nor destroyed. That's a law of thermonuclear dynamics. So money in a recession, money doesn't go away. It's not that there's less money circling around. It's money gets transferred to different sources, right? In a, that's what it looks like there's no money there in a recession, but actually the money is just moved to a different place. And where money moves in a recession is cash goes into assets, which means in a recession or in down economic times. Assets, which could include houses, watches, like, you know, stocks, anything. But in our case specifically, as a gym owner, assets are, you know, um, actual gym businesses could be an asset. Equipment, gym equipment, for example. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, they depreciate in value. Right, things are worth less during recession generally because people are trying to sell their things and get more cash. Basically, people, people who have who are cash insufficient, which is most gym owners. If you've not built six months cash reserves because you didn't follow the last couple of points, 
going into a recession, if you're squeezed by cash, you have insufficient cash, you will probably leverage or sell your assets at a lower price than what they're worth or than what they were worth in a good economy, right? This is a basic financial law, okay? If you are going into a recession, if you went into 2020 into lockdowns in it, and you had insufficient cash funds, you would probably have to trade off your assets for less money than they were worth, right? So because that is true, the people then on the other, on the other side, the people with sufficient cash, with surplus cash, basically go shopping. Your surplus cash is a shopping, shopping spree money. So the people with wealth are able then, or, or you know, when they have cash and assets, they are now able to go and spend money and buy up more assets at an under market price. Okay, this is just basic economics and it affects you too. So this is when we really start to look at this and say, hey, in, we, we thought when the recession starts, this is the good time to start growing because we'll be able to acquire assets for a lower than market price. This means we can negotiate better lease rates on our, on our units because, you know, in times of recession, uh, landlords get hit, get hit hard. Commercial real estate gets hit hardest before residential real estate does. So commercial, because businesses go out of business first, and then if that business owner goes out of business, they'll generally want to need to lose their house or drop their rent at home three or four months later. So there's, there's a commercial fallout, first of all. So a lot of commercial rent, which we're looking to get into, um, goes at lower prices. We can negotiate better rates because not many people are trying to get the industrial units right now. But we are. And the landlords are happy to take us because they've got no other options right now. So we can negotiate a lower price for that asset. We can um, acquire other gyms, gyms who want to sell. We can acquire them for less money than they would have taken in a booming economy. Um, you know, we can buy equipment secondhand from people. We, we bought a ton of equipment um, on eBay. Gyms were selling their equipment like crazy to try and liquidate some cash. We bought up a ton of stuff at really good prices. You can get people working for you, talent assets, right? Um, people will work for you because there's let there's fewer jobs going because, you know, the 70 uh, DW gyms closed down. That puts a bunch of trainers on the street, right? So they're all desperate for work. So there's more demand for jobs and you, you have the leverage than if you're an employer, right? So all these things go in your favor if you have cash going into a recession, if you don't, you need to learn from your mistakes uh, and wait for the next merry-go-round and then be in, be in a better prepared position next time, right? Uh, it happens, a recession happens every 10 years. Don't worry about it. Um, but that's lesson number six there, right? To get, you know, um, lesson seven, sorry. The recession is the best time to grow and you want to start looking where you can get undervalued assets if you've got the cash in place to continue that growth. And now's a good time to really rush into the eye of the storm because it's not really that dangerous. That's just an illusion. At this time, we began this process. So we um, we acquired uh, the next gym in Wimbledon, which we converted into a men's hub with our partner, John Compton. Uh, so you know we, we took a portion of, of the company from John. He, he, he's still an owner in the business too. 
we didn't buy it out completely, okay? So we did like 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 an absorption, like a merger, a merger essentially, uh, and you know, and help help John turn things around. And John's having record months now, coming out of lockdown. John's having record months. John's about to open another bigger location in London, right? And and so that was you know all pushed on by the lockdowns, the recession. So that's when we got location four. Uh, and now we're we're open. We're having talks with other people about buying other gyms. Uh, and if any of you guys, maybe if you guys are thinking of selling up one or multiple of or all your locations, come and have a word with us. Right? We've got cash ready. We're looking to buy because um, it helps us get our brand out there faster. Right? If we can just take you know a gym that's already set up and we can convert it, that's just faster and easier for us than building from scratch every time. Hey, so that's the end of part two. Stay tuned for part three coming up. We go into the final lessons, which are bringing us up to the present. And the final part is going to be very advanced lessons kind of on the strategy and mindset it takes to scale from a, being a million pound business up to a 10 million pound business. So you, you don't want to miss that one coming up. And just a quick reminder, I'm taking spots right now for my final ever one-to-one mentorship. If you'd like me to show you and walk you by the hand exactly how we've gone from zero to 10 locations in under four years, I'll be happy to help you. But this will be the last time ever because we're going to be putting all these resources into helping our franchisees who are paying us tens of thousands of pounds for that privilege. So check out the link in the description or send me a message on Facebook or Instagram And we can chat about the program, the last 90-day accelerator program. And I have six and 12-month finance plans available, so it's affordable to anyone. All right, look out for part three.